I'm going to read tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, let me tell you something. This is going to be just a down-to-earth Bible study. Look at your neighbor and say, Pastor, I ain't got nothing fancy. This is just going to be Bible study. Okay? Amen. Pure Bible study. So let me, let me read a little bit from the Word of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read. Everybody say known and read. Of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by, by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And I want to, I want to read another passage, a little more lengthy, in First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And this is what it says. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in the less of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner. Because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I lie unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Here's what I want to talk about tonight. I want you to say this with me. I am an epistle. You may be seated. I want to talk about us as being living epistles. The scripture said and, and talks to us about being read and known of all men. And I've said it often, I'll say it again tonight. We are the only Bible that some folks will ever read. They may never pick up this book, but they may watch us who claim to be Christians. And so we are walking, breathing, living epistles. It's imperative that Christians maintain a consistent walk 
which manifests itself in good deeds and in the practical areas of life, in business, in the community, and on our jobs. Now, Brother Roy and I were just talking the other day and, and just in the office having a conversation and he made a, a statement that is so very true. We're all sometimes all wrapped up in, in doctrine and all wrapped up in whatever. And, and preachers often preach for uh, results. I'm not preaching for results tonight because i got news for you. I can preach tonight if you don't ever say a word. Or I can preach if you jump up and holler hallelujah. So it's not going to bother me what you do tonight. But I'm not preaching for response. I'm not preaching for the grandstands. What I want to talk to you tonight is about everyday living and pleasing God. How many of you want to please God? I don't want to please man. I want to, I, 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 when I say that, I'm very careful because we have to be that way to an extent. But I want to please God. And the things that I've read from the scriptures here this evening are things that we need to take a hard look at because pleasing God is the first thing in our life. And then loving one another and treating people right are the other things that I want to talk about tonight. And I, I believe that when you, you know, I, I often tell people we laugh about it, you know, don't don't put a Christian life bumper sticker on your car if you don't cuss everybody out. Don't don't put one of them tags on your car, you know, and, and then and then give everybody a California howdy. Hello, just gonna be real with you tonight. So the facts are. You've got to be a living epistle. I want to talk about several areas of our life that I, I think that this affects. First of all, here's what Jesus said. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. Who? Glorify our Father which is in heaven. So it tells me that I don't represent me. I represent him. Everything I do represents Him. Everywhere I go represents Him. Everything I say represents Him. However I treat my neighbor represents Him. However I am on my job represents Him. Do we not understand and know that you can tell people for years you're a Christian and you can build that reputation and Talk about God and invite folks to church and tear it down in 30 seconds of a tantrum? Or destroy it with one conversation? So, I've come to talk to us tonight about letting our light so shine before men that they glorify God through us and in us because we are the Bible they're reading and we are what they're looking at Every day. There are people that you come in contact with. Let me tell you about, let me tell you what I believe about Christianity and about, about being saved and about being a child of God. I don't believe you have to tell everybody. I believe they'll see it in your lifestyle. I believe they'll notice it when you, when you have, when you have a, a, a place with God and find that, 
place with God that you sought and looked for, and you have an experience with God, you can go back on the job and they're going to be saying, Why have no Joe? Why have no Sue? Something's different about this. Well, anyway, I went out my, and, and I can only answer for me, and, and this is not, I'm not bragging about this, but I was in a place, my wife was with me, she'll tell you this happened, and uh, we, we were at a business not long ago, and the guy said, you're a preacher, aren't you? And I said, how'd you know that? He said, well, I could just tell. Well, that was a compliment to me. I don't know if he heard it in my voice. I don't know if he, I'm sure I wouldn't dress any different from anybody else or back in the, you know. But, but I believe people can see a difference when you're a child of God. Do you believe that? I believe they'll know by, by the way you conduct yourself and the things that you do and the, the principles that you live by. So let your life so shine. When the laws of the kingdom, listen to me, have been obeyed and we become soft and pliable in the hands of God, we will assume the form. Of a living God. Paul said one time, until Christ be formed in us. I want to learn to talk like it. I want to learn to act like it. I want to learn to be like it. I want to have the love that he has. I want to be the Christian that I ought to be. And the only way I will get that is when Christ is formed in me. How many of you believe that tonight? Christ has to be formed inside of us. We gotta get it that way. So so let me deal with some areas where we need to we need to to walk and talk and look and be and act and, and live like living epistles. Number one, it's on your job. You're not in your family circle anymore. You go out and when you when you turn your lives toward spiritual matters, it it can't it can't leave out the vocational side of life. <clears throat> It's got to, it's got to take all of that in. When you go to your, you can't just be a Christian on Sunday. You can't just be a Christian every Wednesday night. You, if you're going to be a real Christian, you've got to be a Christian 24 7 Are you with me? Folks that come to church on Sunday and live like the devil on Monday are hypocrites. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about that. When you come to God, and the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That don't mean just in Sunday service. That don't mean just in Wednesday night Bible service. That means when you get up on Monday, you're still a Christian. When you go to work on Tuesday, you're still a Christian. When you show up on Friday, you're still a Christian. So your job, your vocational side of your life has to be a part of it. Every job. Is the self-portrait of the man who did it. That's what one writer said. We are representatives of the living God when we step into the workplace and, and we start rubbing shoulders. And let me tell you, this is a crazy world in case you haven't figured it out. Anybody work with any crazy people? I'm going to put my hand down because I don't work with y'all. Amen. I, I, I started to tell you before I came in here, I was a priest tonight. There's no boy that came to church many years ago, and I wasn't there. My dad tell, would tell about it. My mother remembered. He, he, he was just a young preacher, and he, he took a, a text, and uh, he started preaching, and he got a few minutes into it and realized that it wasn't happening. So he said, you know what? 
this this ain't this ain't working. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut that down and start again. He read a new text to start all over. That may be what I have to do. Read a new text to start all over. But 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 here here let, let me let me get right down where we live. You see, when you are when you're working a job, folks look and, and they want they want to when you claim to be a Christian, they want to judge everything you do by Christianity. If you're late every day, that's a mark against you. See, you you looking at a guy that believes in being on time. I even believe in being on time for church. But I do believe you ought to show up on time at your workplace. You're representing God. Be punctual. Be there on time. Well, let's say you a little bit. What if some of you folks that brag about being late all the time? What if God showed up late? What if you needed him in the nick of time and he just come sauntering in about 30 minutes late? You'd kind of be like Mark in the Bible. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's what she told Jesus. Right. You don't like it when folks are late, and even as your boss. So if you're going to represent God, represent the church, and be a, a good man, and a good Christian, and a good woman, and a good Christian, then you show up on time. The second thing I want to talk to you about is dependability. Now listen, I'm going to take some scriptures, and I want to work on this a little bit here tonight, because we represent Christ in everything that we do. When the people of Israel, listen to me, Return to the homeland after Babylonian captivity. Remember this in the Bible from the Old Testament? Nehemiah was put in charge of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And these walls were erected with the threat of the enemy every day. And the Bible tells us that they built the wall in 52 days. They didn't just build a wall. They had a trial in one hand and a sword in the other. They were having to fight and be ready for the enemy every day. That they, and they, they built the wall in 52 days. You know what the scripture says about them? Here's what the Bible said in Nehemiah 4 and 6. For the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. They were dependable. You could set your clock by. They weren't lazy. They were dependable. If you want favor, just do it the way God would do it. If you want to walk in this life with favor in the workplace, become an industrious individual who says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to be the best I can. I'm going to represent God. Look, let me tell you, there's a lot of folks in this world that are as lazy. You can rake the laziness off of them with a stick, but they don't represent God good. But when you represent God good, you'll be there, you'll be dependable, you'll, you'll walk in with a smile, you'll have the love of God in your heart, and you'll be a worker. I'm just talking about everyday facts now. I'm just... I'm not talking about anything that's far-fetched, because sometimes we just get to thinking, well, bless God, we've got it all. You know, we've been born again in the Lord. Good for you! Act like it! Right. 
Amen. Wow. Now, everybody say, in business. If you're in business, now first of all, you ought to do your job well and, and walk up right past the market and be Christian. The second thing is that if you're in business, you can't be slowful. Do you know what the Bible says about slowfulness? It says it over and over and over. Listen to me. B.W. Burroughs said this. One of the saddest experiences which can ever come to a human being is to awaken gray hair and wrinkle near the end, the close of an unproductive career to the fact that all through the years he's been using only a small part of himself. To be slowful in business is to be lazy in business. The Bible, the Scripture, the Word of God puts high value on people that are diligent and to do the right thing. Paul said this to the people at Thessalonica. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3.10, you can put it on the board. He said, if any would not work, neither should they eat. If you're too lazy to work, go hungry. Amen? That's what the Bible says. If a man don't work, he shouldn't eat. It, so, and, and if you want to know a little bit more, go read the Proverbs, the 27th Proverbs, and the 23rd verse says this, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. In other words, don't be slothful, be diligent. He said again in Proverbs 10 and 4, He become poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent make rich. You've got to be a go-getter. You can't be slothful. You've got to do it because you're a child of God. You can have less power and less humility than the guy that's rubbing shoulders with you. But if you do it God's way, you'll find favor and promotion. You better hear me. Because God will show you favor. The Bible says the sluggard is challenged to consider the ant as an example in the proverb. The ant, he said, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. He that is slothful, Proverbs 18 and 9, I read these today and I, I thought, my, he that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is great, a great waster. He got slothful. You see, the Lord knew the value of a hard-working person. And he said, even Jesus said, I have to do the work of my Father, and I've got to do it while it is yet day, because the night is coming when nobody can work. You've got to do what you do for yourself and for God and for your business. You've got to do it and not be slothful. You have to be diligent. Some folks wonder why they never get ahead. Why the, because they're slack. They deal with a slack hand. And because they don't put God in the equation of their business or their lifestyle. When you put God right in the middle of that, let me tell you about God. You can, you can watch God. The sun, you can mark your clock by God. You can stay at night. The sun's coming up at 6.33 in the morning. And the sun will pop up at 6.33. You don't have to worry about what's coming after summer because fall is on the agenda and it's time. 
He's organized. There's millions of galaxies, and they're all organized. There's planets, and they're all organized. When he spoke the world into existence, he didn't just put out a bunch of chaos. He wasn't slothful, and he wasn't lazy. He said, let there be, and there was, and he put it on here. Let me tell you, I was thinking just the other day about, about us, our bodies. Look at you. Look at what God made. Who in the world would have thought to put a gallbladder here and a kidney over here and, 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 and to put us all together just the way we are? Let me tell you about God. He believes in doing it right, and the church ought to believe in doing it right, and we ought to believe in good organization and good things that come from God. Somebody shout amen. That's good stuff whether you like it or not. Paul spoke to Timothy, and here's what he said in 1 Timothy 5 and 8. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those in his own house, he hath denied the faith. Now, now watch this. He hath denied the faith, and he is worse than an infidel. If you don't provide, Here's what I do know. These are scriptural things that we have to take into our daily lives. People don't want to be what you are if you are not the right thing. And if you are an epistle, do you know what an epistle is? Does anybody here know what an epistle is? It's a letter to the church. Paul says you're a letter that people are going to read. And they're going to watch. Do you know what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. Romans through Jews are epistles, letters to people who already are in the church. Paul stopped and says, You're an epistle. You're a letter written and read of all people. Everywhere you go, people are going to say, Oh, yeah, Daryl Page. Yeah, he goes to, yeah, he's, yeah. They're going to know that. They're going to see that. So why are you talking about our businesses? Why are you talking about our jobs? Why are you talking about those things? Because when we don't do the right thing in our businesses, in our jobs, we are not representing ourselves. We are representing God. And we need to do better than just more. We need to be an epistle that people want to read Say, you know what? That's, I, that's what I want. I'll be honest with you. I've seen some Christians. I don't want to be anything like that. Yeah. You know, the the Bible admonishes us in these areas, and let me tell you why. Because a slothful man, listen to me, is at one time or another going to be put under pressure to tally up and balance the books. And, and, and if he's not what he ought to be, he will resort to fraud and stealing and lying and cheating and deceiving, and it's quick going to come down on top of him. And the first thing you know, he's going to be answering the court or something. You never know what you're going to get on the wind tonight. Just dealings. Everybody say, just dealings. 
That means to be honest. Do you know that honesty is, is a precious commodity? Very little of it around anymore. <laughs> I can deal with somebody that's honest with me. I've heard somebody just look me in the face and say, I don't like you. Then stab me in my back and smile on my face and act like I'm the very thing that's like bread. I know you just say you don't like Honesty. I preached about honesty here a couple of years ago. Took a whole sermon just talking about honesty, but just dealing. Let me read you a little scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five. Here's here's what the Lord said: Thou shalt not have in thy bag divers' weights, a great and a small. Thou shalt not have in thy house divers' measures, a great and a small. But thou shalt have a perfect and just weight. A perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. This is God's original rule concerning just dealings in our business. The Proverbs reinforce it by repeating it over and over again. So the facts are, I'm not teaching things that don't affect and apply to us on a daily basis. They apply to us every day when we go get up, get up and go to work in the morning. Go give somebody a good day's work. Go run your business like it ought to be run according to the Word of God. And deal justly and deal honestly and be a living epistle that when they look at you, they say, you know what? Man, that guy's honest. You know where I go do business? Where I find honest people. Do you know where you do business? Where you find honest people. Where people will do what they tell you they're going to do. Amen. Let me hurry. So here's another place we need to be in the pistol. In our neighborhoods. And you, you, you can't come to scream life and expect to save your neighbor. Right. Preacher done you all the metal in the whole mess tonight. You can't have a knockdown drag out to the law show at your house every, every week and, and, and then go back to your neighbor and came to church. Come on now. Are you with me? Do you dig me? Am I doing all right? You know, I don't get it. I don't get what people are thinking in your neighborhood. Genuine concern. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1 and 5, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith and faith. Two, two things, two important characteristics that, that need to be found in mind and your life in our neighborhood. Number one, a servant's heart. Number two, a sensitive spirit. A servant's heart. Everybody say a servant's heart. Some of you don't even know your neighbors. My wife I was more in the yard last week. She, she, she just, uh, she thinks I'm the community yard boy. Not long as you pitch in, you live on my street. We're faithful. I need him too. I need Dave to there. He is right there. 
My wife was going through the neighborhood here, and she looks down, and there's weeds at the beginning of our neighborhood. She said, hey, tomorrow when you mow, I want you to come down here and mow this. I said, do I look like the neighborhood yard boy? But you know what I did? Get it all, so I'm just telling y'all so y'all get it next week, okay? Y'all live on my street. So I went back and got my weed eater and my blower, and I cleaned all that mess up. And I cleaned it up, and the fellow come back and he stopped. What are you doing? I said, Well, I'm trying to clean this up. You want to help me? Oh, I got help. Wasn't one of these fellows, I'm sure they would fix I know God would fix it. He's a yard machine. <laughs> I'm picking up your night now. But 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 you know, here's the deal. I, I just did it because it's good for my neighborhood. I just did it because, you know, just want to get along with people. Want it to look like. Want it to be good. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to, I come to minister. I didn't, I, you may not understand what I'm trying to say, God, but somewhere you've got to get a servant's heart, and you've got you to get a place of, of a sensitive spirit where you can reach out to people. And, and hospitality has to be somewhere in your vocabulary. In the scriptures, in the scriptures, is hospitality proven and shown over and over and over and over. You know what hospitality is? Listen to this. The Greek word hospitality means this. I can't even say it, but it means this. Lover of strangers. The word is used several times in the New Testament and, and has a much deeper meaning than we realize. Uh, hospitality is, is part of evangelism. You know, you, you can't save people until you love people. Hospitality needs to be in this church. Hospitality needs to be in your neighborhood. Hospitality needs to be everywhere you go. Because you can't save people if you don't love people. We're in the people business in case you haven't figured it out. And when we're in the people business, you can't treat them one way out of the street in the community and expect them to come, you know, and, and us just act like it's the greatest thing in the world when they come in here. You've got to treat them right in your community, in your neighborhood. I'm teaching stuff tonight, and if we'll all practice it, we'll be saving our neighbors and helping the people around us and letting them know what kind of people we really are. Amen? Hallelujah. Hospitality is a God-given gift. Here's what 1 Peter 4, 9 says. It uses the word. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received a gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Just be nice. Just be kind. Just do something. Now look, I got great neighbors. I want to tell you something. My neighbors are wonderful. There they are right there. They're right next to me. And let me just show you. Let me just show you every once in a while. Judy Lee's bring me up. I think I'm going to give you my hospitality. She died. She'd cook for the whole neighborhood if you were left. And that, that's a good thing. 
But, but, but we have to reach beyond our own. We've got to do what well, my point, ladies and gentlemen, is this. You want to talk about evangelism? You want to talk about winning people to God? You want to talk about showing people how to live? You do it with love for your people around you. For the, the, the neighbor that the dog barks all night. Right. Oh, y'all don't have none of that? I had a neighbor move in, and I'm telling you, he made his dog pin 30 feet from my window. And that dog, he put that dog in there, and he barked all night and all day and all night. And I finally had to call him. I said, man, you got to do something. It wasn't me. It wasn't us. We were still friends. I said, man, I can't sleep. It's that dog keeping me up. And he did something. After about the fourth time. At three o'clock in the morning. The last time I called him at three o'clock, I was not. Man, you got to do something with dogs. I like dogs, but I like them at a distance. I don't want one barking in my window all night long. But you handle that the right way, and you don't make enemies. You don't have people cussing and screaming and fighting. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to help this church not. I know this is not deep and it's not spiritual. And, you know, we're not up here having a prayer meeting tonight and people getting healed. But let me tell you something. We've got to get beyond the four walls of this church. And when you take God out of here, you've got to take him to your house. And you've got to take him to your community and your neighborhood. You've got to take him everywhere you go. Because that's what people are reading. That's what people see. That's what people think. And let me tell you, they think way more than what you think. Right. Amen. Let me hurry. I don't want to have to put in a little bit of this week. Praise God. Hospitality and future accountability. Watch this. 400 years. 400 years Israel lived in Egypt as strangers and slaves. And during this time, they were impressed, they were despised, they were deprived. And Israel escaped. After they escaped, they were commanded by God not to mistreat foreigners living in their land. You, you can go read it to the scripture. He said, Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. So the Lord taught his disciples also that those which opened their homes to them would be blessed. He said that. And they wouldn't be cursed. That's in Matthew chapter 10, verses 11 through 15. John scolded Diophanes for not receiving the brethren that he sent out. The apostle warned that he could remember, or he would remember his deeds. What do you say? The Bible says in Matthew 10 and 40, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. It's called hospitality with future accountability. Hospitality is a missionary possibility. Hospitality is something that you do for people around you. I, I listened to a man not long ago. Boy, it was so powerful. I'm, I'm going to play that 
that video for this whole church when I get a hold of it. I was in the service and I heard a man teach about winning people and winning the lost. And, he, and, he, and, he, and here's what he talked about. And, and he's, he's, one of the, uh, he's one of the officials of, uh, of our organization. And, and I'm sure he may have lost upset with some of the things he said, but he may be glad. He said he, the, the city he was pastoring in was, was a great, uh, they had a professional baseball team. He said, I don't care anything about baseball, but this guy comes to my church and he said, we've got to be friends, we've got to be buddies. And he said, uh, he called one day and he said, hey, preacher, i got a couple tickets to the whatever game it was. I forgot the name of the team. But anyway, he said, you want to go? He said, man, I go. He said, I went. I don't care about baseball. He said, when a storm came up, it got the rain. And he said, while the storm, while the game was delayed, I had a 30-minute little Bible talk with that man. He said, I really had a Bible study. And he said, I just kind of put the Bible in there. And, and we talked about it. And he got all interested. We got out of the ball and He said, that was on Saturday. He said, I looked at him, and I don't remember his name, so I'll just call him John. He said, John. He said, now I went to the ball game with you. Would you come to old church with me in the morning? He said, And he showed up. And because of, of, of him, he showed friendship and hospitality. And again, you, people aren't going to trust you until till till you earn their trust. They're not going to love you until you start loving on them. People aren't coming to your church until you start showing them as a living epistle what you really made out of. Oh, so what that you don't smoke? So what that you don't drink? So what? Are you kind? Do you love people? Do you have compassion? Is there any hospitality in your voice, in your mind, in your heart? Do you walk up right? Do you live? Do you walk the walk and talk the talk? That's really what it comes down to tonight. It's walking the walk and talking the talk and saying, I'm a true child of God. I'm going to live right so that people can read me and say, I'm going to be just like him. Somebody shout amen. I'm hurrying. I'm going to close. I don't want you to get through before I do. Amen. Not just, not just good neighbors, but, but in, our, in our community. Let, let me tell you something. We have friend day here, and, and we, we, that, that's good. All that's good and wonderful. And, and we, we invite all our friends. We have a great crowd, great time, great food. That's good. But you've got to do that every day. you got to do that every month. You got to do that every week. Amen? How many of you know that we need to pray for the leaders of our community? We need to pray. Pray for your mayor. Pray for your senator. Pray for your representative. Pray for your school board member. Pray for everybody that has. You know, the Bible teaches that. The Bible talks about praying for people that are in leadership. Praying for people who are governing. And furthermore, it teaches that, now, you know, how many of you know where that scripture is, obey the law of man? You know where that's at? You don't know where that's at, because that's not in the scripture. Okay? Bible doesn't say it that way. But it does say to give honor to laws and ordinances. And, and it talks about our civil duty. Let me tell you something. Everybody that is my friend don't believe like I believe. They don't. And they don't believe like you believe. As a matter of fact, I don't know if two preachers can believe like 
I don't know many folks that believe exactly the same thing from top to bottom. Do you? I don't know anybody in this church that believes exactly alike from top to bottom in every avenue of life. But here's what I know. I know that it is the civil duty of a child of God to show honor and respect. Are you with me? Not necessarily to the person, but to the office of anybody. And so, so, so when, when folks come and, and they're in leadership in our community, we, we owe it to them to show them what we really are as far as the love of God and the kindness. And, you know, people get all bent out of shape. Let me tell you about America. It's the greatest place. I don't care where you go in the world. America is still the greatest place to live in this world. It's got bad stuff. I don't agree with all the judges. I don't agree with all the senators. I don't even all the time agree with the president or the vice president or anybody. You don't either. We don't all the time agree. But it's still the best place in the world to live. You know why? It is the land of the free. And it is the home of the brave. And it is built upon the principles and the foundations of the scriptures. That's what the Bible tells us. Or that, that's the things the Bible tells us. Let me put it this way. Or the things that America was founded upon. They, they use the scripture in founding America. Do I have to agree with everybody? No. But I have to lift them up in prayer. And I have to show them. I had one of the greatest conferences made me by a district attorney years ago. His son-in-law said, boy, Jerry Jones, who it was. He's a personal friend of mine. And Jerry told me about that. He said, man, he said, I don't know what y'all do. He said, but I wish everybody was like folks in your church. Now, that's not anything against anybody else. He would just say, I don't have any trouble with my Christians. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. He said it. I didn't, but, you know, you, you know, when you're a Christian, you don't, you don't, you don't have to wind up in court every week. You, now, there may be a civil matter you can go far, but, but we don't, we don't have folks going for DWIs. And, and uh, if you do, you're not a Christian. We don't have any theft cases. And if you do, you need more than a courtroom. You need an altar. Amen. What do you say, Christian? How do you say walking up right, walking in your community, walking everywhere you go? Let me tell you something. You think people don't know who you are? They know who you are. And they know who I am. And they know who we are. And they know who every Christian is. Because the world, they're waiting for Christians to, to come up with a flaw and do something wrong and, and to make a wrong move. Have you ever by, come on, you've heard this said before. Have you had anybody on your job or in your life or anywhere said, well, I thought you was a Christian? We, we shrug that off, and that really irritates us when folks go to that. Because we are still human. Everybody say, oh, no, no. We are still human. I do get mad. You do get mad. We, it's okay to get mad. Because the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I get mad, I just can't go cuss yet. We're all human. Everybody say, we're all human. But also say with me, I'm an epistle. Know and live of all men. They're watching. They're watching. You know, it used to be said, and it still is sometimes, preachers live in the glass house. 
So straight away, nothing to hide. Glass house. But I'm not the only one who lives in a glass house. So do you. Your kids are watching you. Your neighbor's watching you. Your buddy on the job is watching you. Politicians are watching you. Civil leaders are watching you. See, not little old men. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody in this room is if you claim to be a child of God, you are what the scriptures call a living epistle. And so I want you to get it before we go home tonight. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. You can you can you can live like the devil and affect the world to Christianity. You you can't do the things of the world. And 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 that's why you know what the scripture says, come out out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. I believe there's a separation from the from the world of sin to the world of Christianity. And when you you know, there's just some things we don't do, some places we don't go, some things we don't say, some things we're not involved in. Can't you see me? This will be funny to you, but can't you see me with a with a with a big? Uh, I would smoke cigarettes. I'd give you a pipe. I'd smoke. But about that, with, with a big pipe, bellied up down at the nearest bar. Cussing like a slayer, saying, Y'all, you come on out, I'm preaching in the morning. <laughs> would you would you show up? No, because I'm doing what they're doing. I'm not bringing judgment. What I'm telling you is we gotta be where God wants us to be. What we need to be doing is saying, Hey, I love you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your background is. I let, me, let me tell you something. This church for years has done a ministry, uh, several ministries, but a ministry with City of Faith. And there's some of them sitting right here tonight. Let me tell you something. They are just as good as anybody that's ever walked in this church house. They are good people. They, they got caught up in wrong acts somewhere. And, and some of them made terrible mistakes. But I watched them come out of that and come to this church and get a hold of God. And God get a hold of their lives. We, we, we produce preachers. We produce Sunday school workers. We produce all kind of people out of the city of faith. The city, you say, well, why in the world are you talking about that? Because you wouldn't think. That those guys, let me tell you, they need God and they want God. And the facts are, when you start doing ministry like that, you've got to walk out there and say, hey, we love you. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've got. Could I preach to you for just a moment this morning? You may have some stuff in your past, but your future is spotless. The day is the first day of the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about tomorrow if you get Jesus inside. If you walk with Him today, you'll walk out of here saying, My, 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 I can do this because there's power in the Spirit and there's power enough to carry you through the trials and the temptations and the things you're dealing with. Ah. So live in the Now, I'm going to close. I'm going to close with this. We will all pass through this world but once. We have one shot at this. Any good work, any kindness, any service we render, whatever we do now counts. Some of us don't have a long time now. I was thinking just this week, I'm 65 years old. 
My father had heart surgery at 65 years old. Is that right? 65 years old. He lived another 17 years. If I lived as long as my father, I would have 17 years of life now. May not live that long. The point is, is we don't have time to waste time. Whatever you're going to do, you've got to do it now. You don't get a second chance at first impression. And you don't get another life to live on to do it all over again. Whatever you do now determines where you'll wind up. But the facts are, I don't want to just be normal. I want to be effective. I don't want to just be a little mediocre Christian. I want to be effective. I want to walk as a living epistle and let God say, I'm well pleased with you. Let me know what the Bible says. He's going to look and say, well done. Everybody say, well done. Yeah. That's what he's going to say. But let me tell you, he's not a liar. And he will not say, well done, if it's not well done. Yeah. Amen. So everything you do, everywhere you go, everything you post on Facebook, everything you tweet out, represents him. That makes sense? Y'all want me to preach about that a little bit? I call it two Facebook. <laughs> Social media is taking our world. Before you type it in, you better stop and think. Before you make a statement about it, you better stop and think. You better not just sit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you from experience. They look at it. And everything you do, they read it. They may not comment. They'll tell their peers. Jesus said one time, I, I'm closing with this scripture, I promise. Here's, here's what Jesus said. He said, don't cast your pearl before swine. Does anybody know what it means? You don't take the things of the church or the things that, that, that are... There's nothing perfect about the church, first of all. There's no perfect people. We don't have any here. When y'all all get perfect, I'm out of a job. So, hey, nobody's perfect here. Not the preacher, not the son. But you don't take, if there's, if there's a, a schism or a difference or a problem or a situation, you don't take the church stuff and throw it out there to sinners who don't understand. Amen? Just some things you don't do. You keep it in the family. Y'all with me? Well, neither do you take your family's junk and throw it out there for everybody to see. It's just some things better left unsaid. I've got to shut up. My Lord, I'm going to in control right here tonight. But I'm just being honest with you. Be careful what you post. Be careful what you say. I love it. And I'm going to see you come on there pretty folks. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. I like it when folks post things that are positive and, and talk about God and good things. And I don't, I don't like it when folks talk about terrible things. All done. We're all done. Sometimes it's everything I can do is just grab my finger and say, Did you type that? Did you do that? That's not good. 
I need somebody to go along with me and be my Facebook cop. Don't let me put anything out there that's not living in God. Epistles. Everybody say, I'm an epistle. Say, everybody's reading me. And it counts. Shall we say? Hope I didn't bore you to death tonight. Hope you'll come back and do it again. Usher is coming right now. We always wait for those who aren't punctual to receive it all. Hallelujah. We always wait because we want to make sure that you get a blessing and you're able to give. The usher will receive your offering. Any questions, comments? We do this on Wednesday night. Anybody? I'll, I'll take you. I'll take your questions, I'll take your comments, I'll take anything you want to inject here. It's okay with me. Amen. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is tonight? Folks, let me tell you something. It's not hard to live for God. Look at me. If you live, remember this statement, you don't know nothing else I said. If you live for God hard, it becomes easy. But if you live for God easy, it becomes hard. Does that make sense to you? Just live for God hard. Just live it the best you know. I don't believe God's going to turn good, honest people that are giving themselves to the Lord into Him. I don't believe that. I believe when we do our best, He's going to help us do our best. When we give everything to Him and we love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, He's going to give us the strength and the power to do the things that we ought to do. And we can walk up right before God and do it right. Father, thank you tonight for our service. Thank you for our people. God, would you please put that deep inside of us. Let us walk upright before you. Don't let there be anything, God, that will bring reflection upon you that is not good. Let us do our work that you might be glorified. Let us live our lives that people may see you through us. Let us know, God, that every day that we get up and every movement that we make, we are representing the kingdom of God as children of God. I pray, Lord, that you would give us strength. I pray, pray that you would give us grace. I pray that the mercies of God would be extended. Help us, O oh Jesus. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Go with our people. Bring us back. And let us know that we are your children. Thank you for it today. And everybody say amen. So, again, I can say God bless you. Thank you for being here on this Wednesday night.